This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, and I am honored to be joined by uh, former Pro Bowl safety in the NFL and, of course, member of the 2005 Texas National Championship team. He's an entrepreneur. Heck, the last time I talked to him, he had stuff. Uh, Hollywood was after him for, for uh, his story. But uh, the one and only Michael Griffin joins us. Griff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey, I can't complain. You know, um, I'm, I'm still here. That's good. Um, family's good. And, and we're talking football. So um, a lot's been going on since the last time we had you on the flagship podcast. And, and so I wanted to get you on, get your thoughts. Of course, you're a, an analyst for the Longhorn Network. Everyone's used to seeing you on LHN during football season. And, uh, and so when, you hear Tom Herman is out and Steve Sarkeesian is in and maybe more so now that you've had a chance to maybe meet him and be around him a little bit. What are your thoughts on the, on the change in the the coaching situation for Texas football? Well, um, it's hard because again, you know, I feel like we've had what three head coaches in the last uh, six years. Um, And it was funny. I was talking to, uh, another former player about that. And and right now is just trying to find the right guy for the right fit. Um, and we all know that being at the university of Texas, it, it's, it's a tough job. And um, when it comes to the boosters, when it comes to, you know, the, the, the fans and everybody else, everybody expects win, 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 win. So um, right now, I think, you know, it, it, you say, what shoes does coach Sarkeesian have to fill? Well, right now he just has to do better than the last two coaches did right now. So, and with that being said is it's win a big 12. So, I mean, right now, that's the main priority right now is win a big 12 title. And then from there, allow things to fall in place when it comes into the college football playoffs and then winning a national championship. But Tom Herman managed to make it to the big 12 championship game one time, but he was unsuccessful. So right now, as the new head coach, the main priority is get to the Big 12 championship game and win the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. And, you know, talking to Michael Griffin and, and Griff, have you had a chance to be around, um, you know, the players and, and Steve Sarkeesian? Um, I know he had some of you former players out there uh, to I, practice. Well, I haven't been able to go out there. Uh, my plan is to go out there tomorrow. But, um, I mean, right now, I know right now trying to figure out who your starting quarterback is, you know. Um, and then from there, you're looking at – you understand you have the running back position is pretty much solidified, but you have some holes on the offensive line, the wide receiver core. Um, we know it hasn't been the same since uh, jo- little Jordan Humphrey and Devin DuVernay and 
um, Colin Johnson were out there. So right now trying to figure out who is going to be that consistent piece. We all know whoever's at that slot position in the past has always been the primary target, but that's been a revolving door when it comes to with injuries with like Jake Smith and, um, and those type of things. Um, and whoever else has been playing in that position, I mean, there's been so many names and so many receivers in that position. So um, right now, just trying to find out who's that guy that's going to be on the outside. That's that primary threat. Um, how can you work the middle with the wide receiver for core? You know, you got Bijan, who's definitely ceiling is unbelievable to see where he can do now, being that he's now the solidified starting running back. Uh, but Again, you got to go back to who's going to be the, the the captain at the helm, who's going to be the general, who's going to be the quarterback. And with that, you know, you got Casey Thompson, you got Hudson Card. Um, you know, right now, the, the, somebody maybe we know Casey Thompson finished the season off against Colorado, looked fantastic. But we all knew going into um, previous years that we thought that Hudson Card was supposed to be the helm. So uh, when it comes to Sam Ellinger. So with that being said, I mean, you just don't know what's going on. So right now I think coach Sarkeesian got his hands full, especially with the offensive side of the ball. Well, you, uh, I, I've made the argument. You could be the uh, defensive player of the first decade of the two thousands for Texas with, with all of your, uh, all your playmaking, of course, the incredible interception against USC in the national championship game, the school record for, for block kicks defensively there a lot returns I mean, you lose uh, Taquan Graham and Joseph Osai, Caden Stearns, but you you still have um, Alfred Collins, Keandre Coburn, uh, Jacoby Jones, Morrow, Jomo, and, and you add Ray Thornton, the grad transfer uh, outside linebacker who sounds like he's stepping right into Joe Osai's role. And, and then, you know, in the secondary, Josh Thompson, Deshaun Jameson, uh, B.J. Foster, and um, – you know, um, uh, I think Jaron Thompson, Thompson, Thompson yeah. might, be, might be the guy. So, I mean, he, he got some, he got his feet wet last year, especially against Kansas State and then going on into the the um, bowl game versus Colorado. He got his feet wet. But again, I mean, the production back there in the safety position, it really hasn't been there. And, and that's just being my honest opinion. Um, you know, we know Caden Stearns had a phenomenal freshman year, but you ask yourself, did he take those next steps? You don't know whether it was coaching because we know there was a coaching helm change when it came to the secondary and things of that nature. So you don't know if that was one of the issues because there wasn't a consistent guy that was in there to continue to allow this guy to continue to improve each and every year. We know he battled with some injuries and things of that nature, but the numbers when it comes to interception, Colin, when it comes to the turnovers, it just hasn't been there when it comes to the secondary and playing in the big 12. I mean, they're throwing the ball left and right. Um, when you look at other schools, like a guy like Kobe Harvell Peel who plays for Oklahoma state. I mean, he's a premier uh, free safety, a guy that, you know, came back off ACL tear and still was able to manage to go out there and put great film out there. And he's staying another year. You look at the TCU corner uh, safeties, they play phenomenal. And, you know, they had a for, projected a first round draft pick over there, let alone they had a first round draft pick the year before to uh, the Minnesota Vikings at the cornerback position. But when you're looking at the, 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 the Texas secondary, especially being in the Big 12, in order to compete against Oklahoma, in order to compete against, you know, we see the TCU, they, hey, we're going to be able to throw the ball like we wanted to downfield. If you remember last season, last year or the last two years um, versus TCU, not able to defend the deep ball and things of that nature. Uh, that's going to be the main prim primary uh, 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 issue going into this season is can – 
can the guys on the outside step it up? Can Thompson, can Jameson, can whoever's out there, Foster, can he put some better film? We know he was projected. Him and Caden Stearns, number one and number two safety coming out of high school. Can they be who these guys are supposed to be with a new coaching regime? And a guy that I'm really excited to watch is uh, DeMarvion Overshone. Um, he's just a guy that when he's out there on the field, he just plays with so much enthusiasm, so much uh, grit. He's just a guy that throws his body all over the place. Last year, a new position at linebacker, he managed to show make his presence felt. And uh, he's a guy that I feel like going into this season, he's going to have to be the guy that has to step up right there at the linebacker position and be the captain of this defense and be that uh, Joseph Osai guy that can make a play at any given time. But again, that front four looked phenomenal. Um, the last few games, they're getting better and better and better. The linebacker core, the Marvion Overshone, if he could take that next step, I mean, I think they're not going to have any issues when they come up to the front seven. But when it comes into that back four or five, however you want to look at it, some guys are going to have to step up. A lot of guys got a lot of games under their belts, but they're going to have to prove and take that next step. They can't continue to be consistent because a lot of these guys have been in their positions for the last few years, and they got to be able to take Jameson, the guy who's been starting now going on year three. He has to take that next step. Josh Thompson, he has to be a guy that's been there since he came in with Sam. He's going to be a rare search senior. He has to take that next step. This is their last opportunity to go out there and play. B.J. Foster's been playing as a true freshman. He has to take that next step. So right now, without Osai, without uh, um, Osai, Kata Stearns, and these guys that we're used to familiar being like, hey, these are the playmakers. These guys have to be able to step up because right now, I think with the offensive side not knowing so much on what's going to happen, I think the defensive side may have to be what carries this team until the offense can get things going. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And Alfred Collins – you know, he got his, he got one start last season. It was in the Alamo bowl and he dominated. I mean, mm -hmm. made two big third down stops, um, had that interception when he sniffed out the screen where he's, you know, falling backwards, makes the catch. What, what do you think of Alfred Collins um, in terms of his upside? I think, you know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a freak right now. You look at his size and his athleticism. I mean, again, when you go back to talking about that interception, that, that was a, a freakish athletic type play. And again, he has to, you know, he gets his first start. He puts great film on, on, you know, he puts great film out there. So from there you have to build on that and you have to continue to get improve and get better each and every uh, day and each and every game. So I think the upside is there. I mean, there's a reason why he got a scholarship to come to the university of Texas and when he had his opportunity. He showed it. He showed it throughout the season when he had a little bit of sprinkle of plays here and there. So again, if he gets that opportunity to get that start, he needs to go out there and put that out there each and every week. And that's the thing I'm talking about is you got guys that had opportunities, but the question is, can you do it each and every week? And when it comes down to saying a guy like Osai, he was a guy that each and every week, you knew that he was going to do something spectacular. You were just waiting on when it was going to happen. Um, you know, Caden Stearns, his back, back to his freshman year, he was a guy that, you know, when a play needed to be made or something, he was a guy that could make that, make that happen. But when you go back a few years, I mean, you look at a guy like Devin Duvernay, who going into that senior year, you wasn't looking at him being the top guy. You was looking at Colin Johnson having the opportunity to be that guy. But you go back to LSU game, his phenomenal game that he had. You go back to realizing he went almost an entire season without dropping a pass. And those are the things that you're looking at, especially becoming seniors and juniors, is can you be consistent and be the guy that you were supposed to be when you came in as freshman? Can you build on it each and every year? So that's what I meant when you say, hey, 
this is your opportunity. You have a new coaching regime. You know, everything that's happened in the past, sweeping underneath the rug and, and, and cover it up. You have an opportunity for a new, you have a new opportunity and to showcase your skills. So I think right now, you got spring ball going on right now. I mean, these coaches don't know these players. They didn't recruit none of these players. And I think even after this being said, I think that the coaches are going to have an idea of what they need going forward into next season and what they feel like they've that solidified themselves that they can play some football and be able to start this going season. So um, I wouldn't be surprised after spring ball, they wouldn't dip into the transfer portal to see if there's anybody out there to try to plug into certain positions when it comes to this team. So this is the opportunity that whatever young receiver, Marcus Washington, whoever it is that's been on this roster for a long period of time, you got to step up. If not, I wouldn't be surprised for a guy like Coach Sarkeesian to dip in the, the transfer portal and see who can come in and be able to start right away. Um, talking to Michael Griffin, we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast. Uh, you will not want to miss the, uh, the final part of this interview. We're, we're going to play some Michael Griffin trivia. Trivia about Michael Griffin with Michael Griffin. We're back now on the, on the flagship podcast. And, you know, you played for, <laughs> you won a conference championship. You won a national championship. You know what it takes to get there. And when you look at the Texas football program, the last, you know, couple, two, three years, what's missing? What's missing from, from taking Texas uh, to where they're winning a Big 12 title and playing for, you know, the college football playoff like you did? I mean, it's different now. Um, and it's different these days. I mean, I guess you could even go back just how this world evolves and just trying to figure out how to work with this world today. I mean, social media is, is ugh, golly, it's amazing right now. I can just almost picture ourselves if we had social media back when I played. And, you know, I think the, the biggest thing was we were, we held each other accountable. And, you know, you see right now, you know, you, you uh, with Texas, there was just so many off the field things that, you know, that happened and that transpired, you know, last year, people getting upset, quit, and they're back playing the next week and off the field issues of other such things. Um, and I think that was just the difference of, we took care of everything in-house. And what I mean by that is we policed ourselves. We held each other accountable. We always watched each other back. And I think that's what's right now. Um, I don't know if you look at it like it's me, 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 or what, but when it came to being the team, I mean, each and every week at practice, I think Sarkis is doing that right now, ones versus ones. I mean, that's what we did every day practice was like a game so when games came they were easy they were fun they were easy um i mean you going against vince young every day and then you go into a game like a quarterback like brad smith yes you may say they're comparable but to us it wasn't comparable it was vince young was so much harder to defend when it came to the run game compared to brad smith even reggie mcneil we weren't timid we weren't afraid we wasn't shocked to see that type of speed from Reggie McNeil because we saw it from Vince Young every day when you look at a guy like Braylon Edwards when we played um and against Michigan when you see a guy like Roy Williams every day in practice you're not nervous or scared of Braylon Edwards because you've seen it every day in practice so those were the different things was we look forward to competition we look forward to practice we look to see who was going to be victorious when it came between offense and defense and I think that's 
what the team is missing is that confidence that we got each other's back where it's all or nothing, like putting your body out there on the line. I mean, it was I, I, even the injuries right now. I don't remember having that many. In, I didn't even miss a game when I played at Texas. So just the injuries right now, I'm, it, it's, it bothers me to see how things are going. I don't know what it is, but um, I think it's just that mindset on like, yo, we, we're not gonna, it ain't, you know, that mindset of, hey, today it's going to be a hard-fought game. And, and I think that's what they're missing is just that my, I mean, they say what they want to do, but I think the actions, you know, the, the actions is totally different. And a lot of times as I'm watching them warm up and I'm watching them, their whole demeanor, it's like, I don't know, it's just different. I mean, I played my last game at 183 pounds and anybody who knows the way I played, I'm sticking my head in there regardless. It did not matter who it was, but I watch now. I mean, guys are kind of diving at ankles and all kinds of crazy stuff that's like that. And I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, the prime example last year, and I'm going to give it, anybody can watch this game. There was an opportunity uh, the quarterback for TCU, he ran it in, and I seen two defensive backs pull up like, oh, you can get in. I'm not going to touch you about the score. And then when I watched him walk out of the end zone after he scored, he pushed two DBs, like, move out the way. And no one did anything. And I was just like, that's a quarterback. That's <laughs> – you live, you live for that opportunity. And, and I think that's just, like I said, when it goes like, hey, I got my team on my back. When you watch this film, you're going to realize that I gave it my all for this team. And I just feel like that's when there's 11 players that are out there, all 11 is not willing to lay it out there for the team. And I think that's what is missing. Realize I'm not playing for myself, but I'm playing for my team. And I think that's what they're missing is not playing for yourself. Play for the team. Everything outside of that, whether you're looking to play for the National Football League or whatever it is, all those things will fall in place if you're winning and if you're playing for your team. It'll fall in place. I didn't think about the NFL or anything. People ask me why I didn't leave my junior year after having this, you know, against the National Championship. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about playing football at the University of Texas. And I think that's where they're missing is guys that are not playing for the team, but they're playing for themselves. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Talking to Michael Griffin and, and Michael, what is going on with TCU? You brought up TCU. Texas is two and seven against TCU since TCU joined the big 12. That's a worse record than against OU and y'all never lost to TCU. I mean, what, what, does that bother you? Like, is that a mystery? I mean, does anyone, does anyone realize that TCU has become the team that Texas is having the most trouble beating in the big 12? I mean, you could put Iowa state in the same category. Hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, if anybody watched Longhorn network last year, I chose TCU to win. And <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because the reason being is, People are like, we, you know, this is Texas. This is Texas. And I ask people, fans all the time, what does that mean? <laughs> and like, and I'm, and I, I mean, I understood that back, you know, years ago when, you know, it was like, who's going to the big 12 game, Texas or OU? Like, I understood that. Right. 
But now, you know, Baylor's playing, Iowa State's playing, Oklahoma's playing, Texas. It's 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 a toss up right now. So yeah. when it comes to the Big Twelve, I mean, we even look at OU, and you're saying Kansas State that Texas beat is the same team that beat OU. Yeah, and you're trying to figure the Big Twelve out, and so. With that being said, when they're like, I don't understand, this is Texas. What do you mean you don't understand? If you know the, the wide receiver, I can't think of his name, but I remember I came out to a, um, an event for Tom Herman. It was like a senior night. He has a bunch of recruits out. And the kid, number one, he wears number one, the wide receiver for TCU. He was a freshman last year. He won this little slam dunk contest. He was a high jumper in high school. And he decommitted from Texas and went to TCU. And I asked Quentin a lot Johnson. of people, that's his name. There you go. And I asked the question, y'all say this is Texas, but TCU has players on their team that Texas offered scholarships to, and they chose TCU over Texas. So my question is, what is, does that mean this is Texas when they have players that are good enough, if not better than some of the players that we have on Texas right now, because they have players that was offered by the University of Texas. Yeah. So what does that this is Texas mean when they have players that said, this is TCU because I went to TCU <laughs> over Texas. So that's why I said until and Sarkeesian hit the nail on the coffin when he said, hey, Texas should not be an option it should be the only option when it comes to kids being from the state of Texas where they want to go. And right now, Texas is an option. When you're getting scholarship offers, Texas is just an option. It's not, I mean, you see a lot of these young kids now when you say, you know, who's your top five schools? And then you look at their top five schools and you see schools like, and, and no disrespect to any of these teams, but you see TCU, you see Texas, you see AM, you see Baylor, and you're like, okay, wait a minute. Why is Texas, why is TCU, and why is Baylor an option when it comes to Texas? Why is all these teams still options compared to Texas? And so with that being said is, until Texas starts winning, Texas is an option. So this is Texas doesn't mean anything until they start winning. Yeah. And and so that's why I feel like, you know, Sarkeesian, you know, and I always hear Tom Herman always say, you know, one game at a time and we're one and oh and and all this extra stuff and and, you know, college football playoffs and get no listen, get to the Big 12 championship game. That's your that's your that's your job. Get to the Big 12 championship game by all means. Get there. Then when you get there, win it. And then talk about whatever but end of the day get to the big 12 championship game and if you get there you must win it and after that everything else will be <laughs> smooth and dandy but that is the main priority and that's when i remember when mac brown was there it was beat oklahoma again now it's even easier just come in second place in the Big 12 year in. It's even easier now. We don't have a North and the South no more. It's just get the best record or the second best record and you're in. It's yeah. even easier. Yeah, that's funny. 
um, talking to Michael Griffin and, and Michael, what, uh, before we, we get to Michael Griffin trivia, tell us what's going on. You're going to be back on LHN this fall. Um, uh, We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, t- I always, I always laugh with Andy and I always say I'm like one, I'm one foot out and one foot in with Andy, uh, our producer. She knows I love her to death, but she knows I'm always one foot in one foot out. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. What's uh, Gigi's cupcakes. That's going well. We got some things going on with, um, we, we, we shot a pilot and that aired, um, already. And we're seeing, they're going to go back and see the numbers and see how that goes. Um, we did some tutorial videos live with uh, Food Network. Uh, we shot another pilot. I mean, it's, it's going great. We just get an opportunity after opportunity. So um, that's that's going very well with Gigi's Cupcakes. And if we'll tell don't know, it's B-Caves. Go out to B-Caves, 620 <laughs> and 71. I know some of you, I've been to your shop out there in Cedar Park. Nope, that's not the one. <laughs> the one is out there in B-Caves. So B-Caves, Lakeway area. If you don't know where B-Caves, out there in Lakeway. Hill Country Galleria, just look it up. You'll be able to find it. The big pink van is parked out front. You can't miss it. It has a lot of cupcakes on the van. Okay. What um, the, the pilot, What uh, tell people where they can find the pilot or who shot the pilot so they can find it on YouTube. Well, right now, who shot the pilot was Food Network. You just look up. It's called the Cupcake Guys Training Camp. Okay. So, again, Cupcake Guys Training Camp. And by the way, I got a shout out. I got an all girls flag football team. And right now, the only game we lose is I'm, I'm kind of like in the Tom Herman era right now, or or I guess feeling because I lose the championship game every time. Sucks. I don't know why. But anyways, but it's an all girls team and we play against all boys. So oh, wow. that's the. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. If, if, if y'all want to check out some of the highlights, you know, go to my Instagram, Mike Griff 33. And you can see my daughter's the quarterback. So, you know, she's throwing bombs. Uh, and again, I took her soccer team um, and we got on the football field. So, you know, El football in Spanish to football Americano in Spanish also. But, you know, so we're both playing two types of football, but it's great. So, um, yeah, right now we we made a few teams quit. That was awesome. Um, awesome. First, first half of this last game, the score was 34 to zero. And then I just told the coach, hey, listen, let's just stop keeping score. I'm going to let you practice your offense. And I'm just going to, like, you know, do your thing. Just, you know, so it's kind of cool. I like a little auger. It's, it's very easy because boys, everybody throw me the ball, throw me the ball. Young ladies, they just listen. It's awesome. I like <laughs> what, it. They just what's the name of the team? We're called the Lady Titans. You know, I'm biased. So we're the Lady Titans. Very biased. Uh, we're playing with neighborhood sports right now. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to miss my first game as a coach because I have to do the spring game. So uh, I told my yeah. assistant coach, who's dreading the fact that he's like, dude, the girls listen to you. They don't listen to me. He's dreading it right now. But I told him if they lose, it's his fault and he will be fired, even though he's volunteering. So, yes, he's, I might have a coach get fired in the middle of the season. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I, I don't take this very lightly losing. So. Well, the Titans leads us right. It's a perfect segue into our Michael Griffin trivia segment here. Okay, so, Michael, we're going to play some trivia about you. So okay. you, you hold the UT school record for blocked kicks. Yeah. Can you tell us the number of blocked Eight. kicks? That's right. That's right. Okay. Eight. That's easy. You're off to a great start. I have two, my two sophomore year, 
And then I had, what was it, two, four, two, or two, two, four, something like that. But yeah, the most, the best one, if you want to know, the best one was the one versus AM because we had to, we almost lost that game to go to the national championship. That's so, right. Yeah, wasn't that it was the best? Wasn't it, uh, was it Seth Griffin who recovered it? He, yep, he caught it and recovered it. And then <laughs> you know what sucks is that everyone I blocked and I had an opportunity to recover it to score a touchdown. Either Tony Jeffries pulled me back, Brandon Foster got in the way. <laughs> These guys are selfish. Bobby Tatum got in the way. Like, get out the way. Oh, that is great. Okay. All right. You're one for one. Um, how many interceptions did you have in your second NFL season? Eight. No, seven, seven, seven. seven. They, didn't count, they, didn't, they right. didn't count some of them. They didn't count. It was 10, but they didn't count three of them. It was like PI. It was PIs on the other side of the field and stuff. Yeah, it was seven. 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 Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think, you, I uh, think Charles Woodson ended up having like nine or, or Ed Reed had like nine or ten a year. So I was like second that year. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what year were you assigned the franchise tag? Ooh, so it was year five. So five after seven. So you got what, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, that, 2011. Yep. 2011. Okay. Now this is uh, – well, this is the one I thought I might be able to try and catch you on. What year were you fined $20,000 for a horse collar tackle on Barry- oh, Matt Forte? Matt Forte. Yeah. Uh, and that sucks because that was my guy. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like running with him. Ooh, what year was that? So that was the year we had to play the NFC North. So that would have been if I played them. Hold on. Wait a minute. I'm about to get it. Wait a minute. So we played them every four years. So every four years, so I go 9, 10, 11, 12. Was it 2012 or 13? 2012. 2012. You got it. You got it. And, of course, uh, what years did you go to the Pro Bowl? 8 and 10. Yep. Yep. You can't get anything by this guy, this Michael Griffin. I'll tell you what. He is, uh, he's as sharp as they come. Anything else you got going, Griff, that you want the people to know about? Uh, man, nothing really. Just, um, you know, if anybody has a uh, – uh, my daughter just turned four and she got kicked out of school. So if anybody <laughs> got a – if anybody got a lead – she just turned four in March. So if anybody got some uh, lead ways or anything to some schools that they can help me get her into, let me know by any by all means necessary. Do you want to give us the backstory on that? She ain't scared of nothing. That's the backstory. Like, did she take out a teacher or did she take out another student? Man, she's not scared. Only person she's scared of is me, and that's sad. Like, oh man, she's not scared of like she. Oh, it's like, oh my god, it's just the teachers, the principal. She just tells them like, I ain't going back to class. She just tells them I ain't going to class, and they just play. Kenzie got in there, call, call, and then they call her mom. She ain't scared of her mom. She ain't scared of the teachers. She, it's so bad that my wife stayed at school with her to like help them out to try to like help her get on track. And she was like, babe, Mike, she just don't even listen to me either. Like she just ain't gonna do it. So if, uh, if anyone has a school for, uh, for Michael Man. Griffin's four-year-old daughter, go to his Instagram, uh, Mike <laughs> Griffin. Send him a message on Instagram. Send me a message. It, I gotta great stuff, man. 
as always, uh, always enjoy the conversation. And um, for Michael Griffin, I am Chip Brown. Thanks to everybody for listening to the flagship podcast interview. And until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.